welcome back to the Heart and Hustle Hot Podcast. My name is Jelka Yard. And I am Charisma O'Keefe, and we're here on Thursdays talking to you about entrepreneurship, productivity, balance, self-care, and a little bit of everything. Um, and this is- We are which 181. number is this? Like 181. Okay. That's, so we're almost to 200. Bliss. That's, That's really lot. soon. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to actually like go do something in person for episode 200 um, to celebrate. But I don't know, because at the rate we're going with COVID and the Delta variant and that other variant. Lambda, like, this Delta, which also whew. sound like really good drag names for. <laughs> they race, really like a house. do. Right. I was like, Delta. Huh. Interesting. Very strange. Like these, I don't understand how the the names like how they land on them. Yeah, just reminds it's me of Greek alphabet. Like, sometimes so they're just going through so it, but I, I don't know why yeah. they decided upon. I don't know the science rules as to. Sure. Neither, but it's very interesting and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I I know that some of my friends have started to get booster shots, especially friends who are immunocompromised. Um, so if you are able to get a booster shot, start looking into that. Uh, some areas you don't even need to be immunocompromised at this point. It's just kind of like, depending on when you originally got your first vaccine, um, you can go ahead and get a booster and it'll just be most of the boosters. It's just that one. Um, but you can't, they don't have one for Johnson and Johnson only for Pfizer and Moderna. Um, so definitely chat with your doctor about it or like head into your local CVS. Cause I know like CVSs are doing them. I'm planning to get mine sometime within this next month. Um, I've heard that like when you go in, it's kind of like a cluster and they're like not super prepared or whatever. Um, well, at least that was like my friend's experience in Tennessee. Um, so I was going to talk to my doctor first just to see if they could send me somewhere that like maybe knows what they're doing. I don't know. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, definitely want to get that third one because, you know, Delta is running around here. Miss Delta is all over the place here. Hide so, your kids, hide your wives. Yeah. <laughs> She's taking everybody out. These yeah. Streets. Yeah, I will say that like a lot of people that I know that didn't get COVID, you know, like the original strain or whatever, have gotten Delta. Um, like I've seen a lot more people get it that I know personally. Um, and again, because those people are vaccinated they have been okay it's just still been scary and still been unpleasant um but they're vaccinated so it's been fine but some people have not been vaccinated and it's not so fine so just please protect yourself and make good decisions protect others wear wear your mask still like you should probably be wearing your mask until this is like inside and stuff like that until this is like completely done um and just keep washing your hands bathing do that stuff all the time. Even if it's not COVID, you should wash your hands and bathe. Just a reminder, because some people are putting it out there in the media that you shouldn't. That's not true. I don't. You should bathe. You should um, wash your hands. You know like you should We're just gonna... keep clean. Also, like to put that news out during summer too. I'm like, so it's some like there's not there's like very few places in the United States where like you can go outside and like not be sweating in like 30 minutes, right? Like it's hot everywhere. So I'm just like, how are you talking about in summer, you don't bathe every day, you don't wash your kids often. Like, you know, I, I understand, you know, being a parent is hard. So it's like, if you skip a bath night or whatever, like I get that. But like, to just be like, oh no, I'm not going to wash them until I see visible dirt. Not a good plan. Um, not, I feel like we needed a content that's not how I would go about conversation because that may make some it it might <laughs> it's wild these celebrities be wild out here but anyways we are going to talk about mental health today a bit um which we talk about on here often because it's an important topic that i think like most people struggle with um right now i think it's over i think it's about 55 percent of americans have said like that they are struggling with their mental health um, which I'm just like, nobody surveyed I was going to say, I think so those numbers are probably up towards to like, like 80%. Same. Same. That's what I was saying. I was like, that's of who you asked. And I think that if you would have asked me, I would have been like, yep. And I think that there's some people that are a bit prideful and will be like, no, I'm good when they're not. I just think that most people struggle with their mental health like probably multiple times throughout a year. Um, it's just something that it's, it needs ongoing support, right? Like you can't just be like, oh, well, I'm good now. Everything's fine. 
Uh, no, you have to continually nurture yourself and take care of yourself and, and practice self-care and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about specifically managing your mental health when you have to use social media. Because so many of us do have jobs where we're going to have to get on the internet. Um, we're going to have to be, you know, like on media from time to time. Maybe we have to be posting. Maybe we have to be engaging. We have to be doing these things. And, you know, sometimes it's just hard. And you might have stuff going on personally. And then on top of that, maybe there's stuff going on in your community and there's stuff going on in society and there's stuff going on in the world. And you're getting all of this information and yet still needing to like post and stuff for work. So we're going to kind of talk about what that looks like, why it's difficult and what you can do to kind of make things a little bit easier on yourself. Um, so as you all know, we're old millennial. Well, no, we're, we're, we're like, proper millennial age huh like we're not technically like the yeah. elder millennials i mean I, in um, my heart i'm an elder but millennial, are, so i will you are you're like a gen x millennial in your heart 40 plus in my spirit i do feel yeah <laughs> it's like you're you're not but you do feel that way um but yeah so we were kind of that generation that last generation that did get to play outside and like not have cell phones not have you know like, you know, people had, like, here and there, like, Zach Morris had his giant cell phone, and, you know, people had beepers and stuff and whatever, but it wasn't guaranteed like it is now that almost every child, or at least if you have a group of kids, one of those kids is going to have, like, a smartwatch or a cell phone or something along those lines, um, and we didn't really have social media. I mean, like, we had MySpace and stuff, um, but it was a completely different situation then you, you only know, checked it when you were at home now. after so, school it wasn't available yes. during like school hours like you didn't go no. to your computer at school and texting was so like was archaic back then tedious. it was just like it was more work to send like a text to somebody in school than it would just be to just find them and talk to them like I rarely texted people like it was really like if you really just are super far away from someone or something uh, but it just really but it, it was all like aim speaks, you just... know what I mean like it was like because we had to you know do the yeah. whole thing. there was no QWERTY keyboard so it was like how are you I'm fine how are you you know what I mean like it yeah. wasn't a lot yep. yeah a lot of times it would be like using it to make a plan like I remember I used to go to my friend's house after school and sometimes we'd jump on aim to see who was like around and you know make plans to go meet up with people in person so it'd just be like you'd see someone pop up online and you'd be like hey hang out and then you'd like make a little plan and then you just go hang out so it's very different than um consuming like you could communicate with friends without really consuming uh, media or new information or anything like that um and i feel like 9 11 really changed the way that we consume media it was the first time that i i think or at least like the first like big memory of ever seeing people die on TV. Like, I don't know that I actually had seen someone die on TV before that time frame. And it also came with like no warning, right? It was just like, you're watching it and it's just happening. And I remember when it was like the day that it was happening, it's like every TV screen, like in a school or wherever you were, it was all turned in to like watch this as this is happening live. And the coverage from that, I mean, Again, a lot of us, you know, a lot of you are our age. So you remember it was, it just continued on for months and months and months and months. It was daily coverage and, you know, daily we're, we're hearing about this event. We're seeing, you know, scary parts of this event. We're hearing stories about this event. And there was like a really big um, push to like, not forget. That's like never thing, forget. Right? Never forget. Yeah, yeah, that that was, and I don't think that anybody I was, was, say, like, it was going to smile because, it, but that was. I think the issue maybe because, as a, as a non-elder millennial, but I think his, his, historically the Challenger event was the first televised big death thing for a lot of people, but it still was a small subset of people who watched it live. Whereas with this, it was very much a whole global event that was lively broadcast and having death in that manner. So it affected people differently. But I think what people were trying to say is like, this is kind of like the worst tragedy that had happened on American soil that that many impacted that many lives. And so let's not forget it. Like some of the smaller things, I think that's what the thought process was. Not that it was a smart thought process or anything at all, but it was just so much knee jerk reactionism to so much misinformation and things that were happening that it was just 
the media and like the government was trying to roll with just doing so much stuff at the same time. But where, like, like you said, it makes no sense that Hooters had nine eleven never forget pins. Like that doesn't that's an illogical system. It but doesn't it's the thing up. that happened because yeah. that's what we were told to do. Or it did make sense that Jason Penney was selling New York Fire Department T-shirts. But they were. So, you know, like it just, that was something that just the country was doing, something that it had never experienced before. And it just reacted in the way that capitalism and government and et cetera deals with things. So, yeah. And it was definitely like the first time that I really saw that, like, what a machine capitalism and what a machine the media are. Um, And it went from, okay, like, you know, maybe we're not like on media every day to like, even at a young age, you're consuming tons and tons and tons of media. Um, and then, of course, like there was, you know, at the time, which I thought of as rumors, but were like conspiracy theories and things like that that were going on. I remember as a kid hearing that um, the Taliban was going to come to Orlando and they were going to. No, no, the big one was that they were going to blow up the world. I didn't live in Orlando. Because, <laughs> and, and I'm sure, yeah, the Disney one, like I'm sure that too, but. I think that the universal one scared me more as a kid because I understood the structure of both places. Um, and I understood to an extent, like I hadn't been in, in the back lot of both, but I knew like, uh, you know, what the parking lot, the back lots looked like. And I was like, it'd be much easier to target universal than Disney. Um, and so, I mean, they're like, if you talk to some kids at school, they'd be like, Oh yeah. The Taliban has maps of it and, you know, all the stuff. And you're a kid, so you're just kind of like, is this like, you're like, this sounds off. But at the same time, like, you know, they just did something really major and scary. And could this be something that's heading to where I live? So there was so much, like, pushing of fear at that yeah, time. Yeah, no, right? it like, was it the was same. Just, like, everyone was trying to scare every, And I'm sure it was, it was like, like whatever the big thing lives, is where you live. You know, Whatever the big thing is where you live, yeah, would be like the concern. And also at that time, I went to like, you know, I was in ninth grade when 9-11 happened. And so I went to Universal. I went to City Walk a lot by myself. Like I would be allowed to be like dropped off with friends. We'd go to a movie and we could walk around the shops and stuff. So this is like a place that I frequented, which is probably why I was like, oh, no. Like, do I want to go there with my friends? Like, what if something happens? Um, So it was just like a very big time of like selling fear and they realized, I think at that point that when we're, you know, afraid, we're like, well, we need to know more. Like I, I, I need to be the detective here. I need to get the information. So I'm going to buy another newspaper. I'm going to, you know, at this point, like click another article or whatever, so that I can find out more and educate myself, which of course it's good to educate yourself. But again, with the media, we've realized like sources can be, you know, uh, not the best sometimes. Um, so yeah, this is kind of where I feel like there was a huge shift and, and media became like what it was today. And I think that since then, since we kind of watched this happen as a world, there's been so many other events, so many wars, um, so many things that have happened, not even on American soil that as Americans we've watched, um, or things that, you know, were more American based that people from around the world have, have watched. So we've all kind of watched everything that's going on at any given time. Which, in a sense, I think that if you are not the type of person who cared for others or had a lot of empathy beforehand, I think it's really great to be able to see everything um, because you can understand, like, hi, there's a bigger world than, like, what's just in front of you. But I think that for those who are big, you know, have a lot of empathy and, you know, are going to look at each thing and really, like, grieve each situation, it can be a lot. Because you're just constantly bombarded with new information. And it doesn't mean that if, you know, you don't care about these people, if you need to take a break, it just means that there's only so much you can take before, you know, you just run out, your your cup is empty and you don't have anything left to give, right? Because it's just, it's, it's constant, unfortunately. Um, and I'm not sure, like, sometimes I think about, you know, is it that Earth has always been you know, a mess. And before it's just that we weren't getting all the news every day, or is it that things are actually getting worse and we're, and yes, we're hearing about it, but they're actually getting worse. I'm not really sure because everything that we've looked at in history, it seemed like things were pretty bad. Yeah. I think it was bad all the time. We just weren't connected globally, um, which obviously started to happen, like you said, in the uh, early 21st century. And then also the 24th 
our news cycle, which happened in the late 90s, mid to late 90s with CNN uh, and other countries starting to adopt that with BBC, et cetera. So it just slowly became us being connected and aware of everything that was happening at all times at any moment. And now we carry a device that goes with us at all times that can send us a push notification as if it's like important and vibrant and tell us bad news or good news, you know, at any moment or rate. So it's just an overload of information, but I do think it's the same amount of, like the stuff was happening at all times. We just now are hyper aware of it yeah. as much as we want to be or are forced to be because we consume media all at all times. Like it's in our face. You can't yes. go anywhere without you can't not be subjected to it. Like you have to literally get off the grid, which a lot of people are doing because of this. Uh, you know, that, that yep. is why, you know, there's just not, it's forced upon you whether or not you want it. It's just the way society works. So if you don't want to be put uh, so, subjected yeah. to it, you really have to move away from. Away, yeah. farm life, hashtag farm life. Yeah. And I think that there's been like this big shift of like, you know, I remember being a kid and watching my grandfather read the newspaper every day and he'd read it like from front to, to back and I would feed the comics. Um, and yeah, he, he read it every single day and that was how he got the news. And then he would watch like the nightly news. Right. Um, and a lot of times that would be like, if I was sleeping over, that would be after I'd already gone to sleep and after my grandmother had already gone to sleep. Cause it was very much like, almost like my grandfather was like the filter for news. And then what he thought was like important to know and wouldn't like distress my grandmother too much he would share with her and then what was appropriate for like a child he would share with me. Right. It was, it was more like that. It was just like, it wasn't something that my grandmother didn't see news all day, every day. Like she would wake up and they had, you know, very specific gender roles. And so she'd wake up and make breakfast and, you know, things like that. And it's so different now to where like, we're all seeing news all the time. We're all processing it and everybody's different. So every, what, what someone can handle is uh different from person to person. But what I think is interesting is that, you know, my grandfather read the newspaper and watched it on TV and now it's in our social media. So when Instagram first started, it was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to post a weird artsy photo with this cool kind of filter. And if you like it, you can press the like button. And that was kind of it. Right. Um, and Facebook was like, Hey, I am going to this party or like at party. Like a lot of times you'd post like, what you were actually doing. Charisma is at, you know, the movies, watching blah, blah, blah. Like it, there was a lot of that going on, posting your lunch, things like that. Um, and now it's really changed to where people are sharing a lot of news and media updates from what's going on in the world. I think it's awesome. Like, let me be clear. I think it's so great that people are like becoming more informed People are using their platforms to share. Like, I, I definitely think that that's something that we should continue to do 100%. But it's also when this used to be a space that we looked at for just kind of being social. Um, and some, some people just go in and say, oh, I've got to post about my new business thing or whatever. Not always are they mentally prepared to hear about, you know, a catastrophe that just happened. Um, so I think that that's kind of where it gets to be like messy and hard to navigate when it's like, okay, some people are just using this to like talk to friends and family. Some people are using this to promote their businesses and to pro promote new services and products. And some people are using this to um, educate themselves and educate others and spread awareness on a particular, you know, topic or event. And a lot of people are using it for all three of those things, right? Like multiple types of things. But every time you go into it doesn't necessarily mean you're prepared um, to use it for all those different things each time. I think that that's where we're seeing a lot of people experience like extreme burnout with social media at this point. Cause a lot of people have been like taking social media breaks more than ever. Yeah. And also I think the, like you said, I think some of that burnout also comes from the expectation piece in like we as a society have not decided that people can use social media the way they want to. And so if you use social media a certain way, like as an activist or to do certain types of activism, you, a lot of times people lean towards being upset that other people don't also do the same and I think we have to come to a certain point in which you as a person if you're not in a space to do that type of posting that type of work it is give yourself permission to to opt out and nothing that doesn't make you a bad person doesn't make you a worse person you can strictly use your social media platforms the way that you want to do them you do not have to opt in it doesn't mean that you do not care about causes it does not mean that you don't 
care about other people. It just means you want to share photos of your food or you want to promote your business and that's strictly what you're going to do. And that's what you're choosing to do. And that's the way you opt into it. And that's fine. And I think the being the all around poster does cause people to burn out a little bit more quickly because you are choosing to now use your voice, your brand, yourself to be more cognizant of what's happening in the world and being more vocal about that stuff. And guess what? It never stops. Those things are always happening. So you're also like, I love this brand of peanut butter and my company is doing this. I'm doing so well. I don't want to share about that. And then also like, by the way, there was an earthquake this weekend. Hey, let's tears to me. You know, it's a lot to, to cram in. And I think people, more people need to give themselves the permission to opt out of some of that stuff. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you're negative and you don't care. It just means that like today I'm choosing, if I have to continue using this platform for my mental health, I'm choosing to use it this way. And I think that it's also important to like, again, know that you can opt out like on certain subjects that you just know don't about. know you, anything you, exactly. about. Or that you don't know enough about to, exactly. to share yet. Because I think that there's this big rush of being like, oh, well, I need to post about this particular thing or else I'm going to look like I don't care. But a lot of times, like, you can post about it and maybe you get it wrong. I mean, and and I'm not saying, like, never talk about something, but, you know, one thing that I'll do is I'll be like, hey, I see that this particular thing is happening. That is very sad. I will be learning more about it and my heart goes out to the people that are dealing with it. I'm not going to sit there and tell you what the solution is always because I don't always know. Like there are so many things going on in this world and a lot of times I need to sit and learn about them and and learn about them from sources that are not Instagram, right? Because so many of the things that are made are are biased. Um, So it's like, I need to take the time to learn about them on my own. And sometimes I can't do that in the middle of my work day because I might have jumped on to make a post about work. And then it's like, oh, these things are happening. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to learn about that after work and maybe share once I have like an educated opinion on it. Not everybody is going to understand every single thing. And that's totally fine. And I think there's a big difference, obviously, between like something that's like a very complex thing that's happening in another country that's been happening for 30 years and you don't understand the politics about versus saying like, I think black people should be treated as equals. So this is not like an excuse to like opt out of like things that are very obviously like, you know, trans people should have rights. That's a very cut and dry issue, right? It's like, that doesn't take a lot to figure out that any single person should be treated as a whole human with respect and love and etc. Like that's not a complex situation. But do I expect you to understand you know, all the complexities of maybe what's happening in Afghanistan right now, or maybe what happened in what's happening in Cuba, you know, not everybody's going to necessarily understand that immediately. And that's totally fine. Like, you can take the time to understand that. And you can speak on it if you feel comfortable, and you can not speak on it if you don't feel comfortable, you know. Um, So I think that it's like, it's not about, you're not going to be sitting out everything, right. But it's just knowing like, when to post and you know, not, not posting for the wrong reasons. If you're posting because you're like, oh, I better post about this or people will think like, I don't care about it. And that's the only reason you're posting, then you're not really connected enough to the issue or informed enough to post period. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. And, you know, cause we're just constantly getting information nonstop from all platforms. And a lot of people get their news from like Facebook and Instagram now, instead of like a news source. And that's not, you know, it's good that you're being introduced to it, but I think in order to really like speak on it, a lot of times you need to go to a different source um, so that you're not just getting like an opinion from your random uncle who's like, well, this is the way and, you know, anything else is stupid. It's like, "Mm, not necessarily. Um, So yeah, definitely consider the sources when you're reaching information or learning about stuff. Um, But yeah, we want to talk a little bit about what to do when you are just kind of in that place where you're like, listen, I am bombarded with information. I am overwhelmed. Like my empathy is on 1000. I feel like I'm going to pass out because everything in the world is just too much and I can't take it, but I still have to post for work. I still have to get onto Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever and post for work. So how do you handle that? So I think number one is like, it's okay to take a break if you need to. Um, I think a lot of people feel like, well, if I don't post every day, like the world's going to fall apart. And it's truly not like, yes, the algorithm is annoying sometimes. 
Um, but if you need to take a little bit of time to just completely unplug, then do so. Um, and also know that it's okay to come on and post what you have to post for work and then completely log off and not look at it for the rest of the day. That's okay. That's why I think like automators and stuff are really good too, because if you're really just like, I can't even go into the app because if I go in then I'm going to look at the stuff and I'm just overwhelmed. Like that's a really great time to use like a third party automating system and just automate everything so that it's posting every day and you don't even need to go in the app. Um, Cause I know that there's some people that just like, once they're in the app, they're in the app and they're going to be <laughs> doom scrolling and there's, you know, no way to stop them from doom scrolling. Yeah, for sure. I don't think there is any specific rule about, what you use to post to your platform for your business or for yourself personally. And I definitely agree with you. Like using a third party service is probably the best bet. Cause then you can just post and get out of there. If you want to have engagement and not be the person to do it, obviously always hiring someone to do it is a good choice. So hiring a social media manager who's responsible for yes. going in and liking and commenting and keeping your brand alive is a really good option. If you don't want to be in the app doing all that and getting distracted so there are ways to keep your social media presence alive without you even having to have the app on your phone. Yeah, that is so true. Um, that's, I mean, a social media manager, like that's what they do. And that can be such a game changer for your mental health. If you're like, I cannot handle getting on these apps every day, you know, hiring somebody who that's just what they focus on. Um, and you can still be involved in, you know, like the content creation and all that. Um, but you don't need to necessarily be the one going in and posting and, you know, engaging with other brands and such like that. Um, yeah, for me, there's days where I'll just go in and like post what I need to post for work and then just like get right out. Um, but I think another good thing is to limit certain accounts, like when you need to, or just like having, so if you have like a personal and maybe you follow everything and everyone on that, but maybe on your business, you only follow stuff that is extremely relevant to your business account, right? So that when you're logged into that account, you're not really seeing a ton of different stuff. You're only seeing the stuff that's extremely relevant to your business. So it's very easy to get in, make your post, comment or engage with a few other very, very relevant um, pages, uh, accounts, and then just head out. Um, so I feel like that's, that's always one that I like to do for like, you'll notice on my business accounts, like I pretty much just follow like, you know, top customers and like resources and, and things like that. I don't follow all the same stuff that I follow from my personal. And when there's a lot going on and I just feel like that burnout coming on, I'm like, cool, I'm just not even going to bother logging into my personal. I'll just keep it, you know, strictly onto my business accounts. So that's a good way to just kind of like have that separation. Um, Cause I know for a lot of people, again, it's you're blending the social and you're blending your activism and you're blending your business. And it just, it all gets to be a lot. Um, and maybe this way you can still do your job without having to dive into the rest of it when you need to take a break, because taking a break is so important. Like you have to just in the same way that you wouldn't volunteer 24 seven in like a really intense environment that was like, you know, emotionally distressing, you would have to take breaks, right? Like you'd be like, well, maybe I go into that distressing environment twice a, a week or twice a month or whatever it is that, you know, works for you. Um, and that's when I volunteer. It's kind of the same thing with online activism. Like you can't do it 24 seven or else you're going to burn out. You're not going to be okay. So you need to check in with yourself and say like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling like I can dive into another article or another Twitter or uh, Twitter breakdown or another infographic on Instagram? Or am I not feeling okay with that right now? Like, do I need to take a break? And we really need to give other people the permission to take breaks as well. Please stop acting as if somebody hasn't posted about one issue. Like there was an issue that came up recently and I won't name what it is, but I will just say that there was one issue that came up recently and um, there were people that were very mad. Like the second day that this issue was in the media, that people, that everyone that they knew weren't, weren't posting about it. And they were really shaming people. Like I saw lots of people shaming people and saying, Oh, like you have posted about black lives matter in the past, but you didn't post about this thing. And it's like, okay, well this thing, really just started getting into the media again. Like it's been, it's been ongoing, but it really just started getting into the media again. Um, and you just posted about it like yesterday. 
So give people some time to learn about it, to be informed. We have to understand there are issues that are going on 30 plus years and you have 20 year olds that are like owning businesses or influencers, et cetera. They weren't even a lot, like they were, you know, born and this thing had already been going on for 10 years. Like they might not always know about it, you know? Um, so just kind of keep in mind, like everyone and also regionally, because there's things that you'll know about because you live in Florida versus like, if you live in Illinois, you might not be, you know, as informed about that topic. Or if you live in Arizona or California, there's going to be different things where regionally we understand things differently and we know more about specific topics. I guarantee you that somebody that grew up in a a diverse area is going to know a lot more about what black people have been dealing with for a long time than someone that grew up in the middle of Iowa and just like doesn't see black people. Um, So it doesn't mean that that person is racist if they've never heard about, you know, redlining, um, but they just might not be informed. You know, if they've never heard of stop and frisk, like they just might not be informed. So give people a second to get informed before you're assuming that they just don't. Yeah. I think also vetting sources takes time. There's so many bad sources. I feel like uh, one source in particular, Instagram. So you want to talk about the account that I think most people retweet from uh, is also like a proprietor of like a bad situation where this person obviously stole uh, works and the title from another black creator and then basically kind of F you to that person and kind of has been growing the Instagram is now creating a book off the same title based on some of the information they stole. So it's like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like how long has yeah. this account been around? You know, yeah. it's run by a, that, you know, grew based on racial injustice and really around the, the issues that were happening last summer during the death of George Floyd and Beyond Taylor, et cetera. So this person linked this account with the, whose name is similar to the book that a, a black woman wrote. Everyone thought that it was attached and connected to this black woman. It had nothing to do with her. It's written by a white woman who wrote a book and you know, his whole thing. So it's like also just vetting your resources. It takes so long to vet resources online. If you've been doing the work for a very long time to make sure that the information you're sharing is not biased that is uh, as honest as possible, that is really trying to impact and affect the people who are being harmed and being wronged and like understanding why the harm is happening, what happened and what can be actually done. Because a lot of the instances, especially when you're talking about, there's nothing we can do. (laughs) So that was also like one that's very frustrating because there was nothing that anyone really here could do. There's nothing we we could keep sharing about. Absolutely use your voice, be vocal. But other than that, the solutions weren't met in that short period of time and they still haven't been and they haven't been for decades. So it's very, you know, just understanding that people, when they can't find a solution or be part of a solution, a lot of times people don't share. They don't share information that's not action oriented, you know, just for awareness. It, it's, it feels fluffy a lot to a lot of people. So it's just understanding people's intentions and letting people be where they are and not trying to judge people based on what you would do as a person and how much you care about something because your feelings and your prioritization of something that affects you and your community is very important and you should definitely speak up about it. But please understand that most marginalized people are dealing with something impacting their community at all times, all the time. There's not, like we don't wake up in the morning and like don't see a news article, don't see something. Right now in Florida, we have a person who's stealing baby you know what I mean like (laughs) we have someone who's in charge who's stealing children out of custody in one of the the counties in South Florida we have issues (laughs) you know what I mean like we have other issues that are hyper local that are race related that are gender related that are uh sexuality oriented like there's so much stuff that's happening whether you're a parent you have issues you have to fight right now health related globally your country has its own issues. Right now, we have issues globally with us and our dealings with our international people. We just got issues. So if I have to pick one, I can I say in my town right now, I have an issue with masks. In my school district, I have an issue with masks. In my <laughs> state, I have yeah. an issue with masks. And we have this issue with this one person taking children in this district that affects people. And that's also a Black woman. You know what I mean? Like I can, that's just... That's five things today <laughs> that if I wanted to post and talk about those five, yeah. I would be, that's my day. I haven't even gotten into the Southeast, what we're dealing with, the weather that's affecting the countries that are right below us. Mm-hmm. We're not getting into any of that stuff. I'm just talking about the five things that happen within like a five mile radius of me are terrible. So it just understanding that people 
only have so much space and room in their hearts to be able as a human. It doesn't mean they don't care. It's just timing and ability and needing. And also we are forced to use social media to make money. It's not that nobody, most people would not want to have a social media account for their business. It's just the only way we can reach customers globally. That's the only way we can reach customers locally. We can't buy things like having a billboard outside of on I4 anymore and thinking we're going to reach our full potential. Now we have to buy ads on Facebook. We have to buy ads on Instagram. We have to buy ads on Pinterest. We have to buy ads on Google. And I think like our generation of entrepreneur as well is one of the last few generations that really like we snuck in like right before that was such a big thing. And like I long for the days like it was amazing when it was like word of mouth was so much It was more. just opening up your like, business and putting a sandwich board outside and saying new just, business and you yep. were set because foot traffic. Foot traffic yep. doesn't exist. Yep. It was so different than it is now. Yeah. And we don't like, honestly, in a lot of ways, I, I really had a really hard time leaving photography because of that, because it's like, I built up so much and it's so much harder to build now. Um, and yeah, I've had to use social media for Kisma and Charisma and I have large social media campaigns coming out like for Christmas and next year because again working with influencers and things like that that is where the money is you know um and I I mean I like to work with people and I like to collaborate and all that but it's just like I don't always love being on social media I don't love like I love to create that image but I don't love being like all right now let's get right. likes on this you know like, I don't have I don't to I don't like to validate it. it's just what you have to do product because of the way that people see me on social media so now I'm not validating my product or my services yes. I'm just validating your perception of whether or not my services and my products are valuable so yeah. through photos yeah. and captions so through copy and work through marketing just visually and I mm-hmm. have five seconds to get your attention and for you to think that I'm reputable and worth shopping with yes. me. That is where I have to spend my time. And that's that's if Instagram decides to- Oh yeah, and I'm only, guess what? I'm only seeing 1% of the people you know, a lot of who times follow they me. Won't. 1%, that is yep. it. Whether or not, yep. I, and even if I pay money, guess what? My percentage probably goes up by 9% to 10%. Woo, I'm so excited, yep. I'm thrilled. You know what I mean? I have to pay yep. to see 10% of the audience yep. that I'm off. That's already follow me for the intention of them seeing me. So now I have to get- Whereas like- when it first started, you know, you'd post something and your entire Everyone feed is going to see it. Like you post something to Facebook and even if you don't have a lot of, you know, followers or, you know, a super big account, you have hundreds of likes. I, I would get hundreds of likes on every wedding photo I posted up easily. It was just so simple. Um, you just did, there was no, you didn't have to have a strategy. It was just like, post a photo from the wedding. Oop, boop, you're done. Like you booked another no, wedding. No, it's like I have to write um, keywords so yeah, or was... hashtag. My caption has to be a certain amount of length. I have to tag certain brands. I have to oh make God, a picture. Yes. It's no longer a picture. It's a video. And another thing that like I've done behind the scenes is I've worked with a lot of um, like wedding professionals here in Orlando and I've written like blog posts for them because I used to run a wedding, a wedding blog myself. So that's just like something I'm really good at. And let me tell you, like the last time that I did it was like a few years ago and I was writing it and it was just like SEO and yada, yada and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that like, this is the last time I'm doing this. Like I, I didn't even decide it until I was like halfway through the post. And I was just like, I'm just not doing this again. I was like, I don't technically need to, I don't need to hustle this hard at the moment. And this is just so boring. <laughs> it's just so like, it takes all the fun out of it. Cause I like to go in and write and be like, you know, like, she looked at him across the room and like, you know, all like, I like to like get into the details and like, I'm so like, I love the romance of it, but like, you can't really just look at it from that perspective. You have to be like right. keywords and, and this. That's why and people and it's get like, so it's angry not, about it takes the romance food bloggers and they're like, I don't care about your life story. It's like, they don't want you to care about their life story either, but they want you to find this cheesecake nope. recipe because they want they to make sure you see it. Google gods yep. can say, yeah, you good girl come to the top of the search results. Mm-hmm. I don't like, it's just, mm-hmm. that is what we we have to do. It's not that we want to do Most people don't want to. I think that's the, the end of the day. Most people do not find the work of social media favorable. People don't find SEO work glamorous. Most people are creators at heart and they no, just want their product the or their services to shine and what they create. However, if you don't have the money to hire firms or people who are experts at doing it, you have to put pull your elbows up and get down and dirty and figure out how to work these algorithms so that you can make it work. And throughout doing that, you have to be 
online and you have to see things that you're you may not want to see so we're just trying to give you guys some of the tools you can use to do all that still make your money do your hustle etc and if you want to just be in it be in it how to do that and create that balance that's needed so that you're not overwhelmed because guess what the news is not gonna get any better (laughs) i hate to inform you uh things are still gonna be very bad all the time so at the part of adulthood and if you're a parent raising kids is learning how to navigate that for you and your kids. Cause I mean, that's something that you have to teach your kids how to yeah. balance social media. Kids get a certain age and they want social media accounts. They want TikTok. They may not be on Instagram. They may be on Facebook, but they have to understand how to navigate TikTok. And guess what? TikTok's algorithm is worse. It just tells you, it, th- it tells you what you think she wants you to see. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to really be on it to, you, you have to be on it to curate what you can as much as possible. <laughs> guess what? The algorithm is going to show you what you want and it does not care who you are. You know what I mean? So it's it's very much like having to instill this in yourself. And if you have youth around you, teaching them how to be able to navigate that on the, their own and knowing when to say no. And the one good thing I will say about TikTok is that after like an hour, TikTok shows up and it's like, girl, why are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> it does why are you still here i think you need to go home i was wondering how i was going to watch tiktok and yeah. television sometimes that's why so every now and again Hi. it'll be like friend do you want to take a break because <laughs> i don't have to yeah. i never i won't download the app i refuse uh but uh, yeah it's just it's learning that balance and i think some of the things that we talked about are key and understanding and just also staying out of drama i it really is difficult when you see injustices happen to creators and things, and I get it, but I will, from years of being on the internet, <laughs> as an old internet human being, almost nine times out of 10, you getting involved does nothing. And now you're just stressed out and, and part of someone's personal drama for nothing. You can obviously offer support. And I've always offered, there's definitely something that happened within the lettering community that is very upsetting. And there are definitely big names that definitely have bullied someone out of it. And it's just a US oriented thing. And wow. it's very much a, and it's so frustrating. But at the end of it, like, I, I can be, and I'm told, I've talked to this person, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for you. I have solidarity for you. I understand for you. I'm definitely not buying these people who are involved with products. I, I'm not getting involved in them or whatever. But it's like, I can't go on a single person crusade to ride or die was like the lettering you know what i mean like i just i I, i'm not i have a kid i have this i don't have time but i will not put my and that's one of the biggest things you can do is take your money away from situations like that that are like not helpful don't follow people who are bullies man yeah speaking with your wallet and unfollowing people like are two of the biggest things you can do uh just stop buying from this company stop buying from these people stop showing up don't like, don't like anything like block them so that like you literally Put just don't even come into contact with their mute, stuff those muted words the muted accounts like do all that stuff you need to do if you need to because I, I will say another thing that does happen a lot it's online drama it's so easy to get roped into like uh there's so much there's always something happening i think there was like right like just off the top of my head the kitchenista versus darius cook thing on twitter has been happening for like three months all summer that's something that a lot of people are into. And there's, and she's, you know, she's right. She's not, she's not, she's wrong or anything. It's just, what do you gain? You can support her without digging up this person's like personal, you know what I mean? Like it just, it, it, at a certain point, you just get a certain age where you, like digging up personal information and fighting on the internet is so tiring and so exhausting. And so I think if you are, feeling like you have to do it you don't <laughs> it doesn't mean you support anybody any less it doesn't mean that you think they're not a right or wrong you can clearly see if something's wrong or something's right but not get involved in like just random energy like if you're at work and you're open up in like incognito tab to look up somebody's like social security number or their address to post it on twitter it, it probably not not where you need to be right now I always feel like I'm not cool because I have never, I never have any. I idea, feel like, like I'm so online, on <laughs> and it's so funny because you all, you always know all about it, but no one would ever know you do because you like leave no. Footprint. I just don't. And so I just you'll don't. tell me about this thing, and I'm like, oh, I didn't I even realize like you knew anything whole, about it. Like, there's a few of us who were definitely online. There's people I talk to still to this day. Like uh, when I travel and go visit their cities, we hang out. Like we were online when it was just so small, and like celebrity gossip and stuff was just like, like Francesca. Ramsey is one of those people like those people and that that being aware I don't know if it's just you followed those people so long ago 
that you're just always aware. I think that's what it, I think you follow like a hundred of those people who are so involved in all this stuff that happens that you always see what's happening, whether or not you care about, it, you just see it because you follow those people. It's I wild. just feel like I must follow the ones. It's not even that the, the people who are involved are dramatic; they just retweet the drama. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like spectator oh, okay. drama. Yeah. So then it's like yeah, three a.m. Yeah. and you're like, why is this thread? Why is there sixty thousand quote tweets on this one thing that's happening? Because I feel like a lot of the people that I follow are like you, like a Francesca Ramsey, you know, who keeps so much of that stuff like very close to home um because you're the same way yeah. like, you don't retweet tweet it or anything but you probably know about it i'm like i feel like everyone i follow is like that but that's because i'm like the nerdy introverted kid of the i don't know about that kid. but i'm just you are because you're like i'm not cool but that's exactly what the I cool just kid been online would say for too long and honestly i need to get off <laughs> and i can't wait to live off the grid in the middle of nowhere in the middle of an island somewhere where nobody can bother me can't wait man yeah i'm like i'm ready for that farm life if anybody has any farm tips if anybody knows where the good, good soil, soil is oh my goodness there's a show on, i've been watching all the farmer shows on discovery plus no one cares but if you've done listening to this hips log off the podcast because i'm going to talk about something that has nothing to do with it but there's uh <laughs> two shows there's homegrown that is a, a black farmer who metro atlanta Okay. And she goes to people's backyards and creates farms and gardens in their backyards, which is amazing. And Ooh, obviously, because she's in Atlanta, yes. she's a black lady. She's Jamaican, actually. And um, so it's amazing. Fantastic. I'm and then there's another today. show called Growing Florette that is about a flower farm. That is also amazing. Ooh. This woman and her husband, and it's really this woman created this farm and just started, like they moved out of the middle because they just, they had kids young, they were broke and they were like, you know, we can take the money we have and move in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, you know what? I want to grow flowers. And now she has like, I think the biggest Dahlia mm. farm in the United States. And wow. it's just, so I'm like farming media oh is where I am right now. I don't own a farm. My best friend does. And, she, yes. and so now I feel like I'm I'm creeping into her bag, getting <laughs> into all her things. I know. I've been like uh, I've been like wondering now that I'm back. I'm like, um, can I just come like watch and learn things? Because like I want to prepare myself for, yeah. I, but I'm just like that's my biggest thing is not knowing where exactly I'd want to like buy the land yet. But it, we are going to start kind of just like going on trips where we just kind of explore land <laughs> um, and kind of coupling that with like still obviously wanting to be somewhere where like we feel safe and stuff like that, especially like, hello, I'm black. So that's like a concern. Um, but yeah, I'm like, John's grandfather was a farmer and he grew up spending his summers on the farm and stuff. So he has a lot of knowledge actually about, but the issue with John too is that he just wants a ton of animals. And I'm like, some of them like there's no purpose for them and it's not like helpful because we don't eat animals so like <laughs> i'm like he wants like pigs and i'm like what are the pigs gonna do for us because like we're not gonna eat them and they they eat quite a bit like yes they eat like trash but still um and so but it's like he also wants a horse and a bull and this and that and alpacas which i do want as well and i'm like a horse is cool but then he like he just wants like so many animals and i'm like we need to actually have food at this farm like it's not it's not just animals. Own a farm, yeah. please. Reach oh my gosh, out love to Martin's podcast you at gmail.com so love we can to have uh, you on. talk to you. If anyone knows anyone who owns a farm and you know, send us their information, please, 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 I beg of you. That is so interesting to me. We would love to have that on. I'm planning on visiting um like the Hudson Valley area, um, because there's some like farmland and stuff up there. So I'm hoping to do that like next year and then in the meantime we'll be visiting like areas in like georgia and north carolina and stuff like that so if you also have like if you know of any areas that you're like this is kind of a good place to buy uh, please let us know and in florida too i'm not against it in florida i just feel like so much of florida has been built you know at this point that i don't know how much like space we'll have and i feel like farm farm space here would be like really expensive i feel like you know like if you want to buy land here, but I'm open to that too. I'm just open to anywhere where there's plants, more plants than people. That sounds like a good and and animals. We technically animals legally, too, by definition, good. live on farmland. <laughs> we live on farmland. Do it's we? A farm here. That's why you can get uh, the certain the loan, the USDA loans, to buy homes here. 
because we technically oh, have more yeah, land yeah. than mm-hmm. people, but we are like, we want to be further away. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. And definitely like USDA, like everything that we've looked at, we've been like, yeah, if it's not in that USDA area, then it's going to be too busy for us. Um, that's interesting. I didn't realize that that like is what that classified us as. I wonder if that means we can like grow certain things or whatever, but I'm in an apartment, so I don't have no room. Um, <laughs> but yes, keep us updated. You can always um, reach out to us on Instagram. We're at Heart Hustle Podcast. We're at Heart Hustle Pod on Twitter and then on Facebook, which we are never on. But if you feel like being on there, Heart Hustle Podcast as well. Let us know what you're up to. Send us your products. Send us your services. Submit people to be on the podcast um, for the winter time because we're booking for winter now. Tell us anything and everything you know about farms so that we can escape our, you know, very, to me, very busy-esque places that we live and move out to a farm and start hashtag Black Girl Farms and just turn that into, like, I just want to be like Khalees um because she's living yeah a life and we're definitely right trying now, to so. root for Khalees to get a show on discovery plus the people who are hashtag Khalees yes. farm fans so uh, definitely yep. if you are into that she has a video on youtube that she's going over her it's very fun interesting she talks about her chickens and she has a show on yes Netflix she about does cooking with cannabis and like John and I don't even use cannabis well wait is the whole thing yes, called cannabis? yes we use so you, you do side. but um, so we like CBD, yeah, um, but we we don't go for the THC side because we are like just having a few drops of CBD, I pass out for like nine hours. So that's where we're at. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting to watch that show. Um, even if you're not, even if you're not a weed smoker, I think you'll still enjoy the show. So definitely check her show out on Netflix. But yeah, hopefully she gets a farm one so she can just drop the blueprint and we can all all of us girls could just follow it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Bye.